Hello, welcome to 70 Plus, where we get to know people who are over 70 with interesting life stories. Today I have Sue with me. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. A pleasure to be here, Anna. So do you mind telling us how old you are? I was 73 in July. So where did you grow up? Uh, born and raised in Renton, Washington. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, uh, I was one of uh, three children originally, and um, then there were five of us, and I was the second eldest. And, uh, you know, it was pretty straightforward. We just, you know, went to elementary school there and junior high and high school. And then I moved away from home when I was 18. I went to Seattle University, and I haven't lived in Renton since. So tell me about your parents. Uh, my mom and dad uh, met in uh, the early 40s in um, Richmond, Virginia. My mom was working for the Navy depot there, and my dad was in the Army. And uh, they met at a roller skating rink. And uh, gosh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, and uh, she, of course, was a a beautiful Southern girl, and he was apparently very taken with her. And they married in, let's see, it would have been 1945, I believe, and uh, then moved out to Seattle, where my dad's family was. And uh, both of them had high school educations, but both uh, very sharp people. How was your relationship with them growing up? It was good. It was good. Uh, my dad was kind of the the 50s dad, you know, who would go golfing and mom would stay home with the kids. Uh, and I, I look back on all of that in, in light of today's uh, way of doing things. It was very different. It was very different. Women uh, had these very uh, defined expected roles in the household, in the marriage. And um, which meant they, they did all the work and men would come home from work and go play. So, but uh, there wasn't nearly as much, um, I think, involvement with the kids. I don't remember uh, having a lot of time with dad. Um, I, do, I do remember his reading the Sunday comics to us at our kitchen table on Sunday mornings. I do remember that, and I, I love that. Uh, very close to my mother, always very close. Uh, didn't mean we didn't have our teenage, uh, you know, problems and that sort of thing, but basically uh, quite close. She was very beautiful. And I always say my mother was beautiful. I looked like my dad, but I never felt, I never felt unbeautiful around her, even though I was never, <laughs> never could compare with her. Um, but she always made us feel, um, I, I felt very uh, worthwhile and just fine. So siblings, you had a lot. <laughs> yeah have uh, uh, one dear sister, your mother, and um, three brothers, also dear, uh, and I was number two. Um, the first three kids came with our, our mom's um, first marriage, and that was to my dad. And then, the, then um, my folks were divorced when I was 10, and my mom remarried and had two more sons. So the, the, uh, 
the last two are actually half brothers, but I've never thought of them that way because um, I was like 11 and 12 when they were born and I feel like I helped raise them kind of. <laughs> I, was, I was very involved in their care. So, but everyone's now in their 60s and 70s, which is so hard to believe. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone grew up and I always find it amazing that that we can all grow up and, and live into our senior years with all the pitfalls of daily life, how we all just make it through is quite amazing when that happens. <laughs> so how is your relationship with them growing up? My brothers and sister? Uh, my sister and I, of course, fought a lot. And it was only, and with my, my eldest brother too, the only, the first three of us. Uh, that was a very, we were all 14 months apart, the first three, my brother and sister and I. And I just remember uh, being gay <laughs> from my sister and my brother uh, as we were kids. And, um, and it certainly obviously got better as we got older and I cherish them more than anything now. I, I suppose that's pretty normal. Um, my young brothers, I left the house when they were Oh gosh, you know, four or five, four to six, something like that. And so I don't, I wasn't really there when they were growing up. I wasn't right on the scene. Um, but I um, always felt um, very loving toward them. And, uh, and they were good brothers. They've, they've all been wonderful siblings, uh, truly. I, I could not be any happier the way everything turned out after we all grew up. So how have you seen your relationship with them change now that you're older? Oh, with age. I mean, you have life experience. You start understanding where people are coming from. And, you, and instead of thinking about solely yourself the whole time, as we do when we're, very, when we're young and teens, you start to think, oh, my gosh, what was that like for them? I, I had no idea. And, and I never thought about this from, from their point of view. But... Uh, and it, I think it's when that comes and when, when we can talk as adults to each other and share our memories and, and share our understandings and misunderstandings, I think that's where a lot of healing and, and help comes in. So how was school for you growing up? Yes, I was, I was a very good student. I was, <laughs> I was kind of a driven student. Um, uh, very perfectionistic and uh, worked. I had to work hard, but I, I always got good grades. And and um, I was never part of the social scene, but I had good friends in school, uh, in high school, uh, and I went to Renton High School. Um, yeah, it was. I, I look back on that now, and I think, and I, I I think I was quite insecure, as most of us are at that age. Um, but I look back and I think, oh, if I had just valued myself a little more. You know, I, I was always comparing myself to everyone else and thinking I came up short all the time. Uh, and how, what a waste of time. But I don't know that we know anything else when we're teenagers. I don't know. Um, but now I look back and, and see how people have turned out going through the reunions and so forth. And, and you see, oh my gosh, we're all the same. We all wanted the same things. We all wanted to be loved and noticed and uh, to be thought well of. And isn't that the human condition? <laughs>
So what was life af like after school? You mean after I graduated and went to college, that kind of thing? Those were my happiest years. I just remember being so happy to be on my own. I was dressed in Seattle at Seattle University, but I lived on campus and it was such, and after the first week of being terribly homesick, um, it was such freedom. I just remember how wonderful it felt to be free and on my own and responsible for myself and, and all the things I was going to do. Um, and yet, <laughs> it was. I look back, it was a very sheltered environment. I, thank goodness, because I was quite immature. I was really a baby. Um, but those were happy years. Um, I, I went into nursing, loved it. I will never work harder in my life, but uh, love the association with my other student nurses, love campus life, um, love the, um, the expansion of knowledge that comes with a college education and thinking about things I had never thought about before, philosophy classes and, and history classes that took me beyond the realm of Washington state history and <laughs> the Civil War. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was just an explosion of, of information and uh, oh, I loved it. I really did. Mind you, I was ready to graduate when I when I graduated, uh, but uh, yeah, those were good years. Really I loved it. Why did you wanted to go into nursing? I, I always wanted to. But you know, I think back. Um, it seems like ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a nurse. But it occurs to me, you no, know, it's interesting. The more I think about it, my mom had wanted to be a nurse, and instead of going to nursing school in North Carolina, where my granny, my her mother. Uh, had encouraged her to go. She left school when she graduated at 16 and just wanted to make money and wanted freedom and moved to Virginia and started work for the, the uh, Navy Depot there. And, um, and I think she in later years always regretted that she had not gone to nursing school. And I'm wondering if somehow that was implanted in my thinking. I don't know, I don't know. Uh, but I remember mom talking about my being a nurse from very early on, and I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I thought that sounded just fine. Wasn't coerced in any way, but um, yeah, I think it was the right path for me. Yeah, because I loved um, caring for people, caring about people. I loved the science of it, and um, yeah. It was a very, it was hard um, and not always great every day, but it was a satisfying career. And I um, retired in 2012. Did you know you wanted to be a nurse right when you went into college? Yes, yes. I applied to the School of Nursing, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and there was one, the first year where there was no nursing involved, the first year was just, getting requirements, academics, um, foreign language, math, philosophy, history, all that stuff was first year. And then I saw I could hardly wait. So the second year we got, sophomore year, we got into clinical and that's, that was wonderful. And I had two friends, two roommates, and we would go to the Seattle University bookstore and ask to see the nursing pins that we would get when we graduated. <laughs> and I remember what a big deal that was. And the lady at the bookstore was so nice. 
to show them to us, to show it to us. And that was our goal, to graduate and get that pin. <laughs> so tell me about your career after you did graduate. Uh, when I graduated, I um, went to um, Children's Hospital. That was my first job at Children's in uh, on 3 South and the old children, it was called Children's Orthopedic then um, because it had been a hospital developed for polio patients way back in the 40s and 50s. But um, so Children's, uh, I was on a, the uh, infant ward and um, infants to three years old, I think it was. And, uh, and that was good. It was scary to me because it was my first job and there was a lot on the line and I was dealing, you know, with, with children and their parents. Uh, with adult patients, you have the adult in the bed by and large. And yes, they do have family, but it's not the same as parents. So it was uh, really expanded my idea of, of pediatric nursing. You, you, treat the, you deal with the family, um, which also... I like very much. Um, then after a year of that, they moved me into the newborn intensive care unit, which is nothing like it is today. It was fairly rudimentary there, but it's where the sickest of the babies were. And uh, that was also, uh, there was a lot to learn and there was no training for it. They just threw you in and you were expected to pick it up from the other nurses there which I guess I did, um, but I think back now, now they have internships and lots of training, which of course they have a lot more technology too, uh, but it's certainly the better way to do it. Um, and then we, I, I got married and we moved. This was in 19, uh, got married in 70, moved in 1971 to Indianapolis, Indiana, where my husband had his work. And, um, Worked there in at Methodist Hospital, a huge inner city hospital, think um, Harborview, and uh, worked in the pediatric ward there. And it was uh, mind blowing. It was really interesting. It was just uh, a, a tremendous um, departure from the safety of the little newborn intensive care unit at Children's Hospital in Seattle. You know, it was. It was huge, it was multi-ethnic. Um, we had um, um, race car drivers on the Indianapolis Raceway who had died or were about to die being rolled down the halls. I remember that very well one day. And we had Amish families who were there with their very sick children. Um, often they had cancer and otherwise they would not be seeking care. It was, it was amazing, it was just amazing there for about three years and then we moved um let's see then i had my first baby there and then stopped working is this okay to go on like this just oh yeah rambling on <laughs> okay good then we then we moved to portland oregon uh, again work transfer for jim and uh had our second baby there and i i did not work in portland um at all we were there for about six years. I was just raising kids then. And then um, in 81, Washington, the Washington DC area, we lived in Potomac, Maryland. And um, 
had our third child there. And then, uh, and I told Jim, if we have any more moves, this is it for the kids. The three is good. This is just fine. We seem to have a new baby in each location. <laughs> um, but in the Potomac, I had three kids now. So I, I, um, I, I wanted to do something. I didn't want to just sit and, um, you know, um, waste away of my, seeing my, my career going away. Although I loved being at home with my children. Always loved that. Never, ever regret that. Um, I started teaching childbirth education classes for a local group. And that was very big in the um, DC area. We had lots of couples taking uh, childbirth education. Another great learning experience with people in uh, small groups of 12 couples usually. Fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Just the dynamics of that whole thing and, and watching um, young parents get excited about having their babies and making lifelong friendships. It was, it was excellent. Did that for about, I don't know, about five years there. And then finally, in uh, 1987, we moved back home uh, to Redmond, not to Renton, but to Redmond. And then after a year here with the kids now, uh, one uh, three-year-old and two and 11 and uh, 12 and 15-year-old, I should say, they were quite far apart. Um, I looked for work again, part-time work. And so I went to Evergreen Hospital, which was nearby. And uh, yes, as a matter of fact, they were looking for childbirth educators. So that's how I started there because it was, I could control my time and I could, because like, the boys and soccer and all manner of activities that worked out really well for me. Um, and uh, then one day, one of the nurses came to me and said, you know, we, we are starting a lactation program here. Would you be interested? in being a lactation consultant. Because uh, one of our consultants is going to have a baby and we're gonna lose her and we'd like to know if you could take her place until she comes back from maternity leave. And this was in 1990. I said, sure, sure, that would be kind of interesting to do. Well, um, she, in 1991, she came back from her maternity leave, but we had grown and so I just stayed on. <laughs> from 1990 until um, 2012, I was a lactation consultant at the Breastfeeding Center at Evergreen Hospital. Um, and it was just a great way to end my career. It was um, really wonderful work. Um, not always easy, but wonderful. And spent a good deal of time um, deciding who I would tell I was a lactation consultant and who I wouldn't because lactation consultants get a very bad rap because there are so many lactation and so many women who call themselves lactation consultants who are really not. They're not board certified. They're not, you know, all that stuff. I would, our group was, they were all RNs first and then you had to take hours and hours and hours and to become board certified and then you had just have to sit for an exam every five years. So there is professional lactation consulting and then there is just sort of off the cuff. So. <laughs> and the rest is history, Anna. <laughs> and I've been, I've been retired ever since 2012. What do you think has been your favorite job? Of course, they're all nursing related, but. Yeah, it, well, first of all, it was being a mom. I, I love that more than anything, but I would say, I would say um, 
gosh, that's just hard to say. They all had different angles that I loved about them. Um, I guess the breastfeeding uh, center, the lactation counseling, that, that was uh, really profound work. It, it was one-on-one -on -one and, and really um, deeply satisfying, sometimes deeply painful when it did, things did not work out, but um, very satisfying. A lot of good personal relationships, which I value. How did you meet your husband? Well, let's see now. I was at Seattle University. We were seniors. I, I was living with three other gals in this camp on this in this apartment on campus. And uh, my roommate Barbara had been writing to this guy in Vietnam, and because uh, I would pick up the mail and just looking to see who's who belonged to which letter belonged to whom, I would see in the in the return address, I would say Jim Bourdonnais, and I thought, oh, or Lieutenant Jim Bourdonnais. And I thought, oh, what a beautiful name that is. And never, never, ever <laughs> thinking that one day we'd be married. Um, but my roommate, Barbara, went home to Colorado. And uh, I met Jim on the day he got back from Vietnam. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. He came to our apartment the day he got back from Vietnam, and it was in May. And we were kind of packing up, getting ready to graduate in early June, June 10th. And that's when I met him, but I didn't see him again until move out day. He came over to help move stuff out. That was fine, huh? no big deal. And then Barbara moved back to um, Colorado. I was working at Children's, and I was walking downtown one day going, because I was living downtown, going to my hair appointment, I was wearing my red coat, and I heard this car uh, honking at me, apparently, because they were quite insistent, and I turned around, and I still didn't know who it was, uh, and I, by the time I got home, there was a message on my phone that it was Jim, and he, he said, I saw you, and hey, how about let's get together, <laughs> and that's how it started, we started dating, and that was in July of 69, graduated in June of 69, uh, started dating Jim in July of 69. He proposed on his birthday, September 19th of 69, and we were married on March 19th, um, 1970, and just had our 50th wedding anniversary. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was great. What was your first impression of him? Um, I thought he was kind of a stiff. <laughs> I thought he was kind of, I don't know. I thought he was just kind of, mm, kind of braggy and, um, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't think twice about him. I really didn't. And yet I accepted his next invitation. Our first date was to a, um, a baseball game. The Seattle Rainiers were playing. Um, and he was yelling so much, I thought he was quite loud. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And then, um, then we went to a play at ACT Theater. And it was funny, I remember going to the library in the days before that to look up this play and read about it so I would at least look like I was halfway into television. <laughs> Um, but anyway, and that was a really nice evening. And we went to dinner and went to this play and I thought, oh, oh. It's well, really changing this is different. Yeah, I, I saw a different side of him that I, I really did appreciate. 
Yeah, and, and from there on, I was willing to give him a chance. <laughs> and, and it really was. He was more comfortable. I think he was very nervous, as I was the first date. So, yeah. But um, I always say that he, um, of all, well, how do I put this? I was so young and dumb at 23, and that's how, old, oh, that's how old I was when I got married, almost 24. But I look back and I think, oh my gosh, you thought you were so grown up, and no, you weren't. You were so, so insecure and unsure of myself. And, and it was just love and belief in me that helped me grow and change and develop into um, a person that I liked a whole lot better. It was, it was because of him. And I will always be grateful to him for that. Uh, he was the reason. So. Would you say he was your first love or did you have other high school? Oh, and, and I had, um, oh, I was, uh, I had my infatuations in high school, no one in particular. But in college, I dated this guy who I thought was, was quite nice and then you know, kind of, thought now um, and then he started dating someone else and I thought okay that's that um, and then um, there was a fellow in uh, I sang with in the magical group that I sang in and and he was the leader of the magical group the director and uh, he was a grad student and uh, he was quite neat and I was I thought I was quite in, in taken by him but I look back and I think oh no 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 that would have been all wrong all wrong and, and he ended up marrying a girl who said she would kill herself if he didn't marry her. <laughs> so I thought, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> so this is what you go for? Okay, fine. Um, yeah, and I went, let's see, I went through all of college dating, but no one in particular, until I met Jim. Yeah, and my last, my senior year, the end of my senior year. And that probably was not a bad thing. Uh, there were girls in my class who gave up the school of nursing because they wanted to get married and they all regretted it there were three of them and they regretted it i saw them later at um reunions and they all regretted it so i was glad i was glad i didn't have any major distractions so you had children yes Three children matt is uh was born in 72 so he just turned 48 Mark is, uh, was born in 76, so he just turned 44 in March, and uh, Sarah was 36 in May. Yeah. And, and we were fully expecting a third boy. We just, with a, the third child was our choice. And there, were so, there were so many people who said, oh, a little mistake, little whoops. And I thought, no, she was not. You know, people have the... <laughs> the idea that they can say these things is so obnoxious. But anyway, we were we just wanted one, we knew there was just one more baby to come fully expecting and welcome welcome the idea of a boy, third boy, by darned if we didn't have a girl. It was just amazing. Just wonderful. So yeah. And I, I think, oh my gosh, she is the artiest, artsiest one of all three. Matt is very techy, although very musical, played piano beautifully, but very techy. Uh, he's with uh, a tech group right now um, and, uh, that he works for. And Mark is artistic also, very creative musician, 
designer, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but Sarah is my actor-singer. And uh, if it hadn't been, all three of them exposed us to things we would never have seen before if we hadn't had them. Um, I've learned so much from each child, but I think the world of theater uh, that Sarah has uh, given to us is, has been really um, just, just wonderful. Mark really opened up the, the jazz, and he, he was a drummer, musician, as you know. Um, so he opened that whole thing up to us. Mark, uh, Matt taught, taught us all about computers and astronomy and all manner of things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been great. They're all three lovely people with good hearts. And that's all I could ask for. All successful human beings. What were they like when they were growing up? Well, I was lucky enough to have them spaced enough that I really could enjoy each one. Um, uh, Matt was... Uh, he was my little companion. I always thought of him as my little companion. Uh, we would just go everywhere and do everything together. He was, he was, well, he made me a mother. So there's that. Um, so he will always have that special place. Um, and he was very serious, very, loved to read, very uh, analytical about things. Mark was just, well, they were all cute when they were little. Mark seemed more innocent than um, the other kids. And he stayed innocent longer, and uh, he was very cute. Um, it's a little old growing up because he was number two, I think. I think number one is the straight arrow and the parent pleaser. And the second one has room to just kind of be whatever they want to be because the first one has done all the work <laughs> for them. But, uh, yeah, he had his own... His own um, way of going about life and he turned out great and Sarah Sarah was almost like an only child she was um her her brothers were eight and eleven than her so they were pretty much gone and she she was like an only child and she was quite quite the joy and yeah we did have our teenage uh, ups and downs sure but um yeah they're all wonderful adults and uh, they're just great I have no complaints they're all three different people even given the same gene pool they are three individuals so any parenting advice for us <laughs> <laughs> um listen to your children i mean they're um, and and try not to feel too guilty guilt is part of being a parent i have learned that uh, i have learned that you never never quit feeling guilty about your parenting um I wish we could let go of that, but when we're parenting, when we're in the in the in the trenches raising kids, we don't know that. I mean, you just don't know that. You you are in the trenches and you feel responsible for doing all the right things for your kids. And some of your decisions are right and some of them are wrong, and you just have to deal with it. Um, but um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought here. Um, yeah, I, I think if I had it to do again, I would listen better. I would be a better listener. I would be um, more available. Although I think I was pretty available. I think that's something for all parents to be. And then um, understand that your children are not yourself. They are individual people. They are not you. <laughs> they have 
half of your genes, but they are not you. And um, 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 celebrate the differences, I guess. That's what I'd say. What about marriage advice? <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, be polite to one another. I mean, make the right choice in the first place. <laughs> and no one's going to be perfect. Don't look for perfection, but look for, and don't look to change. Some of you are going to change because that will never happen. People are who they are when you, when you get them. Um, and, and then um, be best friends with them. You have to be best friends and you have to be polite. Say please and thank you, as you would to any other person, any other stranger. Uh, I'm surprised at how much barking goes on between uh, marriage partners sometimes. Sometimes that's just the style of the marriage and, and that works for them. But I always think it's nice to, to be polite <laughs> as a basis. And, uh, and again, uh, marriage is a living, breathing thing and it requires care and feeding. And it requires um, time for people to remember why they first fell in love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what do you think the most difficult thing you've ever had to go through is oh gosh 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 that is hard to say i guess the most recent thing would be watching my mother decline and get sicker and sicker and and just knowing that i i spent many years anticipating her death it was uh, um it was anticipatory mourning, I guess I would say. And that was, that was for quite a few years, and you could see it coming. Fortunately, I had wonderful family. I mean, I could share these things with, but, but that, was, that was really hard. And it's not as hard as some things that people have to go through, like you know, the loss of a child or something like that. Thank heavens I've never had to do anything um, like that, but yeah. I would say that in my life, that's been the hardest. So do you have any just general advice for the younger generations? Uh, life is good. Um, every year is a gift. Um, um, live like today is your last day on earth. Um, people are around you because you're supposed to love them and care for them and care about them. Um, we are not here just for ourselves. We are here to serve others. And um, life flies by after a while. It just flies by and you've realized how much time has gone by and you hope you've done enough. I always want to think, I, I want to leave the world a better place. I want to make a mark somewhere that someone said, yeah, I'm glad she was alive. That, that's, that's always what I've, I've wanted to do. So, <laughs> um, but I have been fortunate to be surrounded by loving, loving people just that have helped me um, learn to love. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a gift. Life is good and it's worth living. And, and there is always hope that tomorrow will be, and I will never, um, I will never refuse to think that there is not hope. I will not, I, I would tell young people, do not be afraid. Um, do not let fear 
uh, hold you back. Um, you are here for a purpose and life is just waiting for you to get involved in it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with me. Oh, that's it then. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well.